you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth on wednesdays at 4 p.m eastern time i go live on facebook to share my design tips to answer your questions to talk about what's going on in my world. Well, I not only share it on Facebook, now I'm going to be sharing it on my podcast. So today you will be hearing a recording of my most recent Facebook Live. Enjoy. I'm really glad to be back with you guys because I've been away. Last week, um, I was suffering at a lake house upstate and it was a joy and I spent so much time by the water and relaxing and... So, you know, I wasn't working. But this week I was at a conference. I just scooted in last night at midnight from Chicago, learning, growing. Uh, You know, sometimes I think once you become a professional, you don't prioritize your own training and education. But um, I prioritized my training and education this year. And it's been really illuminating. And I wish I would have done it sooner. In fact, I listened to some entrepreneurial podcasts and they say you should spend 5 to 10% of your total revenue on educational systems and programs to make you better each year. Uh, maybe they even say as much as 15%. And I have not been hitting that number nowhere close. You get to this point where you feel like you're in the daily grind or you already know so much that there's nothing left to learn. But whoa, my mind was expanded this weekend in Chicago. Chicago at that conference. So I'm so excited to share new ideas with you and to answer all the lovely questions that have been pouring in. Feel free to write them to me live. Feel free to send them to me at Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. Just get them to me. But in the meanwhile, I'm going to dive in with the ones that have already been sent. Now, I must say, did I tell you I just screeched in at midnight? So I have not had a lot of time to review these. I'm going to be reading them uh, fairly freshly with you right now. But live is my favorite way to answer questions. So this is really when I'm at my tops anyway. Jamie writes, Hi, Betsy. We bought a new house. It's a beautiful 1889 American Foursquare filled with beautiful wood details. The only dilemma I'm having is that our kitchen cupboards reach the entire expanse of the 10-foot ceilings. I am 5'4 and can barely see the first shelf of the upper cabinets. I've been scouring online for a pretty ladder that would look nice staged when not in use but sturdy enough when it is needed. 
Oh my gosh, of course, Jamie, you asked me a question that I have no resources for. But you're asking, do you either have suggestions for a ladder or an alternative suggestion? Oh no, well, you've really stumped me. I would suggest a ladder. You know, I love those library ladders that roll on the track and that attach because that way you get the angle you need to actually climb up, unlike a bunk bed ladder, which is sometimes just straight vertical and would be very hard to do. But you also don't need the other leg of the ladder to have it be sturdy because of course it's leaning on that bar. But you don't want to do something that intense. You don't want to do something that built in. I might recommend looking at someplace like Etsy, getting a bespoke ladder. Um, Most of the decorative ladders you're going to find at Ballard Designs or Pottery Barn are not going to actually be able to hold very much weight. My recommendation would be, hmm, high and fancy ladder. High and fancy ladder. Um, Do you guys have any recommendations? Let me move on to the next question. And maybe something will come to me, but I've never sourced a high-end fancy ladder that somebody would actually stand on. I've sourced lots of leaning ladders for blankets. I even have a leaning ladder over here in my office for magazines um, or towels near a beach shower or um, little ladders for display. But a real functional, cool, chic ladder. Hmm. What are some fancy hardware stores? You know, maybe even something like Eddie Bauer. Thinking. Uh, William Sonoma Home, you know, it's such an eclectic item. And since it does need to hold weight, I think you're going to have to look in some um, unusual spots. But the more specific you can be with what type of ladder you're looking for, you know, Google is your friend. And then I love Google Shopping Filter because on the left-hand side, you can modify it by price point. I'm thinking that this is a pricier item because you want it to look nice and not like a Home Depot model. Uh, So I would put in the sidebar, you know, $150 to $400 and see what pops up. Anyway, I hope that helps, Jamie. That was not very helpful. That was one I should have done my research for. Uh, Maybe I'll get back to you next week with a more clear answer. My next question comes from Cindy. Cindy writes me, Betsy, one day I'll have a beautiful bed frame that will not require a bed skirt. But right now I need a bed skirt to cover the box spring on my basic bed. Do you have a recommendation for a tailored, sturdy bed skirt? Thanks for your terrific podcast. All the best, Cindy. Cindy, I love... Well, let me let me equate this to khakis. You know, khakis that have the pleated front or the flat front. Well, I really hate pleated front khakis because they're all balloony and they add volume and they look ill-fitting usually. That's the same reason I hate pleated bed skirts. They're balloony. They draw too much attention to themselves. They can look a little too Laura Ashley or they're just bulky because of all the stitching and the extra fabric. To create that pleat, you need a lot more fabric than if you were to do a flat front or a boxed um, bed skirt. I do love the boxed bed skirts that maybe have one break on the side but are just that clean, straight, front. Now you can get those at places like Pottery Barn, but you can also get them at places like Overstock or Wayfair. Just put in um, flat front bed skirt or boxed bed skirt. They have a lot of tailored ones. Oh, you know who else makes good bed skirts? Macy's. But just don't go for that pleated one or the frilly one that has all that additional fabric because it's just a little bit dated. 
Now, my next question comes from Stacy. Stacy writes, Betsy, you are always willing to answer the back of business questions. So I have one for you. What client job software management do you prefer? There are so many options that are purely for interior design. I have no clue where to even start. My business is very small and I'm the only employee, so I don't need something that a large firm would use. Any insight is appreciated. Thank you for your podcast. I just love it when you talk about the entrepreneurial aspects of your business. Warmly, Stacy. Well, Stacy, uh, it is so funny that you should ask because I just got back from a business conference in Chicago and it blew my mind. Blew my mind. I should have gone five years ago when I first heard about it. It's called Strategic Coach. I think it's better for a business that has a team, you know, where you have employees and you're managing them because it might be too much for you. It might have a lot of data that you don't actually need as a solopreneur. But I do highly encourage you to get in a mastermind. I belonged to another mastermind, and I still do, called Savor the Success, which is purely for women entrepreneurs. There are a handful of interior designers on there. There's a lot of solopreneurs on there. And getting that support, asking these types of questions in that environment, you get so much feedback. These women are so generous. And I find that anytime as an entrepreneur, that I am willing to be vulnerable, that I'm willing to share not only my resources, but also share my struggles in situations with other experts, I find I get so much value. So I will tell you that I have looked into a couple of systems. I looked into Ivy. Ivy is a business software for designers. Now, we work here at Affordable Interior Design very differently than other firms. We do not mark up furniture prices. So whatever price we pay, we pass right along to you. We're always looking for the best discount. So our model really does not work in that way. But Ivy is more geared for somebody whose model does work in that way. So if you are marking up pieces, if you are, you know, passing along your discount, but then marking up an addition, they have amazing backend software that will really help with those invoices because when I worked at a high-end firm, that was the most intimidating part is that I don't want to upcharge furniture because there is so much paperwork involved with that. I not only have to figure out the tax structure, then I have to figure out blah, 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 blah. It was just, we spent so much time invoicing that we had a completely separate person who just did invoicing while the rest of us did designing because it was a full-time job marking up these pieces. So Ivy has made it much more streamlined and I know lots of interior designers who love that platform. Uh, In terms of project management, I know a lot of people like Asana and that way you can manage all your projects. You can see where you are in the project flow and if you do ultimately have employees, you can see where they are with their different projects. Our projects have such a quick turnaround. They are two weeks at maximum. So we just use a Google Calendar system where I can basically see when their project starts, I can see when it ends, and that triggers some automations we have to help move the process along. But we don't really need that Asana-type management yet because the projects wrap up so quickly, and they all work the exact same formulaic way since that is the way our business is structured in these packages that are formulated with specific steps. Um... So they kind of manage themselves, knock on wood. Uh, I hope that helps, Stacey. But basically, there's lots of project management softwares. But if you are marking up furniture, definitely look for one that's specifically interior design focused. And, you know, I've had a lot of good calls with Ivy because I've been very Ivy interested. And I think that their platform is really lovely. 
and could be a great option for whether you're a one-woman show or a big firm that works in that more traditional way. Millie, you found us a ladder. So Millie on Facebook has sent something. I'm going to check it out right now. Let's see. Let's see. It's like there's um, a drum roll behind me. The tension is mounting. Okay. See, I love this ladder, Millie, that you found. And I think that price point is right what I had in mind in terms of that 150 to 400 The problem is she needs that bar. You know, it can't just clip onto the cabinets. It needs the bar to help it move back and forth. So I think she's going to need a ladder that has two legs that can support itself while she's standing on it. So I don't think that's the answer because installing that bar could really impact the door cabinet, the cabinet doors, excuse me, and prevent them from opening. Hmm. We haven't solved your situation yet, Jamie, but we've got several people on the case. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com classes to get your bundle or your online class today. My next question comes from Danny. Danny writes, Hi, Betsy. I love your podcast and I got your book. It has been very helpful as I've had to be disciplined with my new project. It's a 1,600 square foot beach house in a no rent, no income town. So I've had to be very frugal with the house. It has a crazy layout, but I'm super happy with everything so far. Except for one question. My dining room has a low ceiling area that is the hub between the two living areas and the kitchen and the bedroom hall. The house was purely white and vanilla paint all over. Wall paint is creamy and the trim is pure white. I want to put a shallow hutch in the dining room because there isn't. There isn't a lot of storage in the kitchen and I really need a bar area. I bought a quality maple piece that I want to paint. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Danny, I'm seeing red flags already. And I've seen a similar one painted bright sunshine yellow. It looks amazing in the other house. And we have two small interiors, navy blue stripes wood. Um, what do you think of yellow on a vanilla wall? The rug in there is distressed navy with a medallion type pattern. And it covers some hideous pergo floors. I'm not going to stay in that. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, thanks for your thought about yellow on vanilla. My gut says no, and I'm not repainting the room, so I could go another direction. Kelly Green? I don't know. But I'm looking forward to your next Facebook Live events and your podcasts to see if you have ideas. Okay, so Danny, first of all, I think that 
it all goes back to your inspiration piece. Now you mentioned that the rug may not stay in here. So what is your inspiration piece for this room? Because you can take those colors from the inspiration piece, be it a rug, drapes, a pattern on the seats of your dining chairs, a piece of art hanging on the wall above the table. You can derive your entire room's color palette from that piece. So as long as yellow is included in that piece, well, it can be one of your 60, 30, 10 colors. I don't mind that vanilla or creamy off-white wall with a yellow. Certainly they are both warm tones. So you want to be thinking about that when you're picking your 60, 30, 10, that you don't stay exclusively in warm land, especially in a beach house, which is typically associated with those cooler colors of beach glass or sea foam or the cooler range of the palette. And anytime it does bump against a warmer color, it might be like a very muted, washed out yellow or even a coral color that's more of a light orange. Um, so I'm totally not against the yellow. I am against you painting a piece of furniture. You know, unless you're very good at that, it can turn out craptastic. You need to make sure that you take the hinges off. You need to make sure that you paint in a place that's, of course, well ventilated, but also a place where leaves and other natural things aren't going to fall into the wet paint and stick. Um, you want to make sure that you use a sprayer or a roller or something that won't show your paintbrush strokes, unless that's the look you're going for. I'm really worried about your idea to DIY it. So that would be my hesitation. But other than that, I think the color palette sounds pretty good to me. Uh, Kelly Green feels arbitrary. In fact, right now your whole color palette is feeling arbitrary. So I want to hear more about that inspiration item. I want you to pick that before you start picking these colors and certainly before you start painting any furniture. My last question today comes from Lula. Lula writes, Betsy, we are building a house and the floor plan is very open. When you come in, there is a hallway on the left. There is a mudroom across from it with a guest bedroom across from that bathroom and then an open space where the dining room, kitchen, and living room will be. It's a considerable chunk of space and there are no doors. There's no clothes or anything. It's just a chunk of space. I read your Big Design Small Budget book and I'm a fan of it, but I was wondering if I should paint the whole area the same color or do different colors. Please let me know because since I read your books, you are a great interior designer. Thanks, Lula. All right, you have a very big open concept living space. You don't have to paint it all the same color just because there's no doors. As long as there is an architectural delineation, what first popped in my mind is that mudroom is generally quite architecturally delineated as separate from those other areas like a living room or a kitchen. Typically it is broken by an archway or an opening where you can clearly see that one room ends and the other room begins. If that is not the case in your particular space, if it's all wide open with no archways, no kind of access points that have trim around them, well, yes, my recommendation would be to paint the whole thing the same color. That doesn't mean all the areas are going to look the same because what you're going to do is you're going to use rugs and drapes and artwork that are going to be broad splashes of color in each zone so that each zone has a lot of personality. You know, personality is not exclusive to wall paint. 
And I think a lot of people get so wrapped up in wall paint because there are so many beautiful options that they forget that a room, an interior design plan is actually a holistic view at everything that's going on in this space. Uh, I, for one, when I rented, I almost never painted my walls because you have to paint it back. And so I designed beautiful spaces, if I do say so myself, around neutral vanilla off-white walls that were in every single room, whether they were open concept or clearly delineated with doors. And each time I gave the room lots of flavor without even thinking about wall paint. So, Lula, I want to challenge you to bring personality to this open concept space in other ways. And now that we're talking about color palette before with Danny, I want to give you an idea. You know, when a room is open concept, when the living room is open to the dining room, is open to the family room, I'll take my 60-30-10 because you read my book. You understand that those are the three primary colors I'll be using for all my accents throughout the space. That's the color palette. And in the living room, I might use um, yellow to take Danny's example as my 60%. I might use blue as my 30%. And I might use pops of hot pink as my 10%. Well, in the dining room, I would switch the 60 and the 30. So the 60% would now become the blue. The 30% in that dining room would be yellow. And then the 10% pops would still stay the hot pink. And say in the family room, I wanted to make it feel even a little bit different. Because it's all open, I still stick with that same 60-30-10. But maybe I'm going to make the 60% the yellow of the living room. But then I'll make the 30% the hot pink and the 10% those small pops of blue. So there's lots of ways to play even in an open concept space. I think you're going to find that you'll have personality and tons of fun without ever going to the paint store. It's been such a pleasure talking to you guys. I hope you're having a fantastic summer. And I will catch you next week. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends 
or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.